1.1. Hi, listener. This is from Ideology to Unity, a spiritual journey where we let go of our ego and ideological doctrine in favor of meaning, purpose, and unity as a whole. Today, I'm interviewing Chelsea J. Bear, a cosmic light channel, medium, and YouTuber with an interest in starseeds and some interesting videos, for sure. So, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Been a wild last few months. So, especially like astrologically, do you feel that? Like, do you ever experience when it's like eclipse season and retrogrades and all that good stuff? I've been kind of, been kind of keeping track of it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I feel a few differences. I don't know. I don't always know what I'm feeling, as in like mm-hmm. what's causing it. Yeah. For me, it's more when I would look back and reflect on previous years, like the last five or 10 years, I'm like, oh yeah, it's always around June that I go through something, I don't know, not traumatic, but just like a big ordeal. And then to learn it's eclipse season going into Lion's Gate and it's just like a heavier uh, astrological energetic time of the year. I'm like, okay, there must be something to it. Or I notice I'll feel like, a certain way and then an astrologer will be like you may be feeling this and I'm like I have been feeling that yeah or like I've seen certain um like tarot readings for Leo say, mm-hmm. right because I'm a Leo and I'm mm-hmm. like huh that's pretty accurate not all of them sometimes and also I've started experimenting with that myself so that's interesting but um, do you know do you know your rising and your moon so you're a Leo sun uh i've got well i I don't know we'll have to look into that i could tell you in a second do you want me to briefly look it up yeah do oh, it. i can't minimize so... uh never mind then okay <laughs> it's like i've got the sun yeah. in leo at so it's like exalted and i've got the connection between that sun and that moon and that and neptune i think um, I know that. I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, because running about my. That's ascendant. I, I can't remember. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. Just text each other after. I, so oh, I'm yeah, like a yeah. Scorpio, Scorpio moon, which makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like deeper emotions buried below, sort of like hmm. that kind of vibe. And then, um, or like intense emotions. I can get really atten- intense. And then I'm a. Aquarius rising so there's a lot and I'm oh, a Sagittarius so there's like there's like a lot of positivity which like cracks me up because I'm like yeah I'm pretty much I'm always like the house could be burning I'm like everything will be okay yeah so yeah it's been t- I mean stuff's been definitely coming up for me but I've also come a long way in recent months mm-hmm. I think energetically and stuff like yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely been good, though. Apparently, according to my astrological chart, apparently, like this <laughs> month is going to be big for me, mm. potentially. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So, what well, in particular has birth- been coming up? What? And I was just asking when your actual birth date was too. Twenty first of August. Okay. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, for me, what's been coming up? Well, I suppose you can go to that, but also generally what you think's been going on and in the near future as well. 
or personally? Well, we could do both. Start with person. Yeah, there's this weird shift. I was laying down last night as one does. And I, the channeling session, I realized I can't really do, you know, however many channeling sessions I want to do, plus create actual Mm -hmm. channeling videos. I haven't done those in a year since I've been doing more channeling because it's like, if I'm tapping in several times a week to help clients, I don't really have leftover energy to create like actual channeling videos. So I was like, I need to like do, I don't know, and ask me anything on Instagram and kind of see where people are, would like to need to like learn how to spread my energy in a more balanced way. And that might look like less channeling sessions, which is fine. But yeah, so that's sort of like coming into this teacher role. I just dropped or launched my which was really amazing launch I'm getting great feedback and so now I kind of have that taste of like creating a course and having people really enjoy it so I'm like oh like what else can I teach you know and kind of owning that teachership of myself if you will is there any channeling in a sense involved with teaching itself it looked like the recording stopped now it's back on honestly so many weird tech things have been happening to me too lately. yeah that's the mercury retrograde for sure it drives me nuts. Like, is it still going stuff. on? We're, it's done, but we're probably still in a little bit of the shadow, which to me, I feel like the shadow going in and out is far worse than the actual, like for me personally. I Isn't that all Saturn? Different. Speaking of shadow, Saturn's coming in more into more things at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Something's going on. Speaking of shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so going back to the question where you're talking about, so you're asking, does the channeling help with creating courses? Is that what you meant? I'm just more like, um, I'll give example of what I do. I I feel like on some level, um, any creativity or any intuition is channeling, even if it's your higher self or something on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think Mm -hmm. of that? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like when I get these little... So in my, if you were to look at the notes section in my phone, it's like, it's chaos. Cause there's just so many voice notes where I'll just be, I don't know, like in a coffee shop or walking and like, blah, 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 you know, like putting the voice note in and then I'll look at it later. And I'm like, that was definitely from somewhere else. Cause I don't really remember where we are going with that amazing idea at the time. So I kind of have to like calm myself down and retap in and be like, oh, okay, that's where we're, we were going with that. But 100%, I mean, it's, I feel like we're going into an age where there's more of a blending with the physical and the ethereal. So more of our higher self. And we have to consider if, you know, for you and I, and quite possibly the listener, this is probably the most advanced lifetime we have each ever lived. Yeah. It's just, we're all spiritually awake. We're... or at least, you know, working out where it's just, just with the time of things, like quite honestly, or probably our last past life, we weren't doing anything remotely close to this kind of work. So I I think we're going really mm. into that age. Unless of course, even some of us, some of us old souls might, I don't know, some of us might have a connection to the Atlanteans, but even then, I don't know. True. Like we can experience from the darkness. I feel like... 
despite everything we've been through, um, humanity in the last, since the fall of Atlantis, it's almost like, the way I see it is that there's like a 25 year, thousand year cycle and it's like halfway through. So it's like the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. in between or like the, mm -hmm. in a story in the hero's journey, there's a the challenge they face and then we're towards the yeah. end. And even we're still learning from Atlantis. So even though they had access to the gifts and to the light essence in a more clear way, they they still they still, you know, took a wrong turn at some point and yeah. became obsessed with power. So it's like, and we're kind of in that space as well, where it's, you know, on a subconscious or soul level, are we gonna repeat or are we gonna learn the lessons that balance is more valuable than power? That's true. And there's only one way to find out. And it's going to be fascinating. It is. And that and that goes for the individual level too. I think people, when we talk about these bigger ideas on a collective level, people then go to like, I don't know, the politicians or the leaders, but it's it really starts within. It's okay. We're talking about these ideas of balance versus power. It, it starts with the individual on the yeah, internal level yeah. of how are those um, ideas working out within you and your own life. Yeah, for example, if you think about dark conspiracies and all that sort of thing, not to say that that stuff doesn't happen, but it's more like it's a reflection of the collective conscious or the collective unconscious and its state and ego being so prevalent, right? And so we've really got to focus mm -hmm. within the inner direction, but also coming closer to our heart center, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Actually, that's something, yeah. Recently, I've been there's listening and it's to like you have, Go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. just kind of like with my own podcast, it's like, what direction am I going? And I keep asking myself that question and considering new approaches. And so it's a bit, it's been a little bit of chaos as I'm just asking those questions and trying things out. Um, do you have, have you experienced something like that? And you have to learn how, yeah, and it's like you have to learn how to be your own North Star. And it, and I think too, we, we think it needs to be more complicated, but really just asking those questions, like you, for example, asking those questions, having the awareness actually gets you pretty far down the path, so to speak. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's just asking those harder questions of like, does this make me happy? If it does, why? If it doesn't, then why not? And then keep sort of peeling back those layers and getting really real and raw with yourself. It, it's not something we're taught. Maybe, you know, the next generation of children that are being, you know, coming to earth right now will be taught that by their, I don't know, you know, sort of spiritual parents, but it's not something our generation was really taught. Mm -hmm. So I've got a question. How do you deal with those days, those bad days? Where you feel like you're off or you're going back to old habits. How do you I deal honestly, with that? Honestly, I, I just sleep. Like, I don't force myself to do work unless it's something that is actually time sensitive. But I've really taken the time to create my business in a way where if I did need a day or two off, because that never worked for me when I worked in like corporate or jobs where I didn't have that freedom. And it would lead to burnout and getting sick a yeah. lot. But really, for me, the best thing is I'll just like 
put all the all put away all the technology. I just like go upstairs, make my room dark, and I just lay there for like 20 minutes. Sometimes I'll pass out for like two hours, and that's where I'm like, it's about disconnecting. Sometimes going down to the beach, but I find just a nap, honestly, just being real, treating myself like a child. And I think a lot of us need to do that, like sort of nurturing my inner child of what does my child need? She's having sort of like a little mental breakdown. She probably just needs a nap. So it's taking care of yourself and you're in a child. That's self. That's that's powerful. And it's so simple. You know, we've got all these all these advanced meditation techniques. Oh, okay, you're having a bad day. What do you do? We you activate this chakra with this thing, you meditate, you've got to meditate like an hour every day or something. Or like, you know, there's these things, and sometimes I allow myself just to not follow those rules. Sometimes, yeah. Like, you don't have to do things a certain way. And the idea that you do might be the very thing to let go of. What do you think of that? Yeah, this woman made a joke where she's like, there's so many morning rituals. It's like, she's like, I would be there for five hours if I did all the things I meant to do. Which maybe if I didn't have the time, but even I'm working through some money blocks from childhood and I have like this long list of stuff. Like I'm going to do hypnosis every day and to be magnetic, which is um, sort of subconscious reprogramming courses and meditate and walk and do all these things. And I was like, what is this list? It's a beast. It's a monster. And I just um, peeled it down to two things I want to do each day and without force. I don't feel like doing my meditation. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So have you been, as for the beings that you've been connecting with, have they been giving you any insight about this very question? Uh, what was the question again? What to <laughs> do like when, to... <clears throat> I suppose partly it's to do with when you're on those bad days, right? But also just generally day to day, how we do our spiritual practice without yeah. taking it up too seriously. I mean, that's such a human construct. It's that's the mental mind stuff to, to take things too seriously, to go too hard at things, <clears throat> excuse me, where they, they're all about just being, just being in our divine essence. It's whatever that looks like. And it's really honoring that you might have a day where you just need to watch TV and that's your spiritual practice for the day. You know, it might, you might be really good with eating cleaner and that might feel really great. But if you need some chocolate, it's like, have the chocolate. It, it's when we start identifying as good or bad that we've actually strayed from the light in a way. Right. What about when you know you're being <clears throat> egoic? Like, you know, you're going over this like old resentment that maybe it's a bit less um intense than it was but you're just like man I know this is bullshit <laughs> but like I don't want to judge myself but I don't want to lose myself in negativity so I actually will name my ego I I call her Chloe because sometimes she's like kind of sassy and like I don't know immature and that sorry if anyone's name is Chloe but that just worked for me so if I'm like going over old experiences or like ruminating and that's sort of like that hamster on the wheel type of thinking I if 
if I'm lucky enough to come into the awareness of like, oh, this is not Chelsea, this is Chloe. I'll kind of ask her, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what is it? Do you, what do you want from this? Like, what do you feel like you're lacking or what are, why are you still attached to this story? Cause it's an old story and we can let it go, but you have to be willing to let it go. And just kind of, again, talking to her, like she's a small child. Cause it always is just our inner child coming up. I even had a dream actually this morning, um, right before I woke up and the dream was, and it's really fun now that I'm able to, I guess, have the awareness of what's going on. But in the dream, my boyfriend, my partner asked a friend about what he, what they think about tarot cards. And I got offended. I was like, why wouldn't you ask me? I have like a 20 Oracle cards and tarot cards. And I was really upset and like crying in the dream. It was just so dramatic. And when I woke up, I was like, okay, that was definitely Chloe coming through. What was it? And it was me not feeling seen or recognized by him in the dream. So I'm like, is that dynamic playing out in real life? And it's not him. It's me wanting more attention or needing more attention because of whatever, you know. So it's, it's all about awareness, really. They, the light beings tell me that time and time again, they're like, you're, you're de-simplifying it. Just have the awareness and watch as having that awareness. It's almost like a key in a door. It, it just, everything starts to unfold in a different way. It takes time. We live in a 3D realm. We have to move through space and that takes time. But awareness is huge, I've got especially when you can go ahead. I've been getting recently key symbology or key synchronicity. So like I was getting interested in, um, I was interested in getting a Neville Goddard book, um, just looking up Neville Goddard and it came with a bookmark that had a big key on it. Mm, mm-hmm. And and then just the other day, I decided I went back, went back to a book that I haven't been reading for a while. And I realized what it's called the synchronicity key. And there's some other things as well. And there's a sense of also there was this channeling I saw by Cry, who channels someone who channels Cryon. Um, and uh, he described this story basically where someone wanted to, it involved the key to open like the door to awakening basically it's just mm. i don't know like what do you think of that symbolism so what they were kind of just whispering in my ear for you specifically is there are dna key codes in your system that are being reactivated and so you're kind of like on a precipice so the imagery they're showing me, it's like you've been walking uphill for a while. They're laughing at this and you're at the top of the hill, but now they want you to just roll down the hill, like just completely let go and surrender and just have fun with it. Uh, the work you've been doing, the effort, the sort of healthy efforts, they're like, they're pretty weird about that word, um, has now activated certain DNA strands within your body, like actual physical DNA that holds the keys um they don't call it keys but they're not showing me what they like to call it um and it's located in your spine okay i, I think i understand i don't need the which right which i think word. it would yeah which goes into basically you're just going into this next level of awakening it's like a video game you know when you receive yeah. all the keys or coins and then it's like next level 
I'm just, you know, I'm getting some new skills because I'm leveling up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about like, it's not that reality is like an RPG, but RPGs are like reality. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I'm, oh, I just, I'm so grateful to have, it's fantastic talking to you and you get these messages whispered in your ear for me, real time, it's fantastic. So I'm really yeah. grateful. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's something, they're, they're just saying, so you're opening up new gifts, correct? Is there something you've been wanting to do that you just haven't? Honestly, just have my heart open all the time, but um, I don't they're know. They're like, that's I mean, not true, it's open. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're like, Okay, open. I guess, but I just, I've still got, I've still had these like, do you know what's close? It's around. yeah, it's it's the heart is naturally inherently open. It's the mind that creates like the little sort of blocks in front of it. If mm-hmm. we were to talk about it physically, but also on an energetic basis, it's the mind that want that you know wants you to believe that the heart isn't open and that more work needs to be done because we love creating problems and finding solutions to that problem. But you won't have a moment, you might have like those, and all of us experience that where you just have that divine bliss for a second, like you're staring at the sky or a flower and you're like, wow, okay, I'm like in this divine essence. And then it sort of flutters away. But don't be a moment where you, Nick, are going to be like, I've done it. The heart's open. I've, I've done it, guys. Look, you know, it's recognizing it already is open. What needs to be quote unquote healed is the mental story you have around your heart. And where yeah, I know. Uh, I, I just this story about, oh, they did this and all of that. And I've been hearing recently, like, drop the story, right? And it's really true. It's really important because yeah. that narrative kind of keeps the ego alive or at least yeah mm-hmm. it's very much part of that mm-hmm. and what okay, to answer your question what is it that i would like to do part of one thing is to really start to really start channeling on a regular basis without fear. yeah i was i was gonna say i, I stopped like because i had certain experiences where paranoia set in mid midway through when I was trying to connect mm. and then mm. I got paranoid and then it started like part of my ego started doing mm. it out of control like I was just broadcasting or something I, I don't know I got paranoid and scared so I kind of mm. stopped for a while until I felt like I was ready so I find yeah. the it's so humans have this like component of intrusive thoughts and it's really yeah. hard because you're like, it's not, people are like, I thought about this horrible thing when I was connecting. Does that mean I was being attacked? I'm like, it actually was just your mind creating imagery to like, you know what I mean? It's like, I've had that before too, where I'm like, oh, that was kind of violent. And you have to, part of it is learning how to connect and see like, is this just my intrusive thought or am I actually ha- experiencing a psychic attack, which they do happen, but. It might would just be an ego attack. Yeah, it's what you have to get really clear. Like you'll be able to feel a, a like an actual psychic attack. They're kind of tricky. You don't really realize what's going on. Like they wouldn't, they may, but like them showing up as a monster or a demon is kind of too obvious. They might show up as like your childhood friend to trick you, but then they're like, 
you know does that make sense they're tricky yeah. hmm yeah I, I guess psychic gifts that sort of thing that'd be cool to play with but really it just the intrusive thoughts and the story and the, the mental chatter you know I just I'd like to be free from that you know but I feel like I'm on the right course as it is yeah so. yeah it's um, just like welcome to being human and you know part of it is just not being attached to the story that you have all these things because we all do I mean you know besides those like very enlightened humans that are you know monks or individuals that have like Eckhart Tolle or Tolle would yeah. be someone I would consider where I'm like oh yeah he's he's cruising his mind is like totally just flowing do the um do the spirits you talk to do do they respect us for keeping going with all the everything we have to deal with just every day 100 percent, and I I think a lot of people don't realize they think we're so special and unique and brave and like all these things for choosing, you know, this very mysterious dimension. Uh, they want us to be human because that is our contract, but they also want us to connect to our sort of cosmic essence or, you know, the divinity beyond earth. So that's why, you know, our spirit guides, they, they're there for us, but they, they don't like to give us the whole map. They just like to give us puzzle pieces when it, when it works, when it benefits healing the present moment, you know? Yeah, because otherwise, like, if they gave us all the answers, we wouldn't be learning, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, going back to that video game analogy, imagine starting the game and then just finishing it within two seconds because you know how to do it. Like, you know how to do everything wouldn't be fun you know the whole part yeah. fun is like going through all the levels and like feeling that excitement it's the meta do. that counts because mm -hmm. we aren't the character we are the player and it's about our skills at living mm -hmm. through that experience yeah absolutely it's like we're the video game we're the avatar in the video game we're also the player and then we're also like the video game creator all at once like on some level yeah where the software yeah. works yeah exactly yeah and it's funny we've got all this technology coming in like where you can have virtual reality and stuff it's just like wouldn't it be so much cooler just to do it psychically yeah it's just an imitation but it doesn't do it justice yeah. And it's so true that you said that. I mean, that's like such a good way of looking at it. Like so much of our technology and art and all of that is just a reflection of what we can do, you know, ethereally. It's, you know, you think of like Vincent Van Gogh and his paintings like that, like he for sure was just like some crazy star traveler and had those memories imprinted in that lifetime and created his art in that way, you know? He seems to be tapping into emotion and visually representing it. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. <sighs> and then with technology too, it's, you know, it's 
the human desire to make things easier and technology is great. I mean, there's so many amazing technological advances. There's no denying that, but you're so right. It really is just a mirror to our own potential. We just haven't gotten there yet. But maybe all this technology is in a way preparing us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Like I had this interesting dream. It was <clears throat> like my spirit guides were, they'd been doing video editing, but psychically. So we'll be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine being able to heal your body in like seconds with your own mind, you know? Yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I know I'm gonna do that one day. Um, yeah. I've gone blank about the exact guy who talks about it, but Dispenza? Yeah. Dispenza? healing yourself with Bruce the power Lampton. of your mind. Sorry? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Bruce Limpton is another guy too. But Joe Bruce Lipton, would probably be Joe Dispenza, yeah. Um, because there's this body template, right? And if you do breathing, mm -hmm. you can like tap into your natural the body template that we naturally have and then reset your body to that or something mm -hmm. yeah it's um our mind like our actual physical brain is programmed to so you know it's like you look at a cup and you don't think about how heavy the cup is but your mind is computing that for you so you know how much i don't know velocity or whatever work to put into picking up the, the cup and so what they were showing me about this is we have to teach our minds how to tap into the ethereal energy of, I don't know, say the cup. So that like moving things with our mind or healing things with our mind. It's like, you're not healing the physical bone, so to speak, you're healing the ethereal imprint. So like Joe Dispenza talks about tapping into the field. It's like, you're creating the image of what you want in the field and having that come down. Okay. So this reality is kind of like the holographic. It's like your hacking the matrix or at least like mm -hmm. not so much hacking it but mending the programming so that what the met programming creates in the simulation mm -hmm. is here mm -hmm. yeah and yeah so again it, it's like um our dimension you know they call it the like my little light beings call it the, our mysterious dimension the physical and the ethereal is split where a lot of other dimensions it's combined it might not the physical might not look the same as ours but it's morphed together and so that's sort of what we're coming back to is learning how to bring those two back together and so again our brain yeah. is so programmed to deal with the physical and that's why it works by you know people like joe dispenser are so amazing so we're learning how to use the full capacity of our mind our consciousness is it a bit like like, like when you're dreaming, it, it, would it be like incorporating like what, like what it's like to dream and what it's like to be awake into one? Yeah, kind of. It's, it's almost like our consciousness is doing, maybe not consciousness, our soul and higher selves mixed with our consciousness and the other aspects of our consciousness they're aware of us, but we're not aware of them because they, they call it like the veil of amnesia. We have that. So we're slowly learning how to take down that veil in a way that wouldn't, I mean, imagine all of a sudden being able to see fragments of light that the human eye is forming. So we're learning how to slowly 
through like, I guess, a quickened process of evolution, um, learn how to experience these ethereal, I don't know, modalities. Huh, so what is the ethereal? It's, I'm trying to put it in a way, I think it's just sort of like the, the never ever never ending essence of the universe so i mean an easier way to put it it's just everything that's not physical and it's sort of have a look to it, it doesn't it's not something you can really see but it's I mean, some essence in a way because it's like you don't really know what the ethereal is but you experience it but like the ethereal is where all our spirit guides are. It's where our soul resides. It's where our higher self resides. It's wordless. It's not exactly. Yeah, it's like formless, wordless. It's kind of hard to put into words, you know? Because to do that isn't really it. Yeah, exactly. It's the negation of all the distortion and separation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not about what it is. Yeah, it's so kind not of that's what like. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I just say it's like everything non-physical. It's the field, you know, it's the the quantum field. It's the the source field. You know, yeah, people call it you can call it heaven. Um in some some communities, it's it's just sort of the the experience beyond earth. Huh, heaven. Did you think heaven and hell, they're in the mind? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Do any of the beings you connect to have anything they'd like to share? Let me tap in and see. So they're kind of, they're kind of being like all sweet and a little bit dramatic, but they're like, we want them to know everything is going to be okay. There are certain paths that must be walked in order to receive the divine gifts of that experience. And so when you shift your perception to this is happening for me, not to me, you are given the opportunity to come back into your power. You're given the opportunity to become that, that which you seek. And so they're kind of like showing, ooh, one second. It's kind of like, again, this whole year has been about one big collective precipice, but it always comes back to the individual. It's it's recognizing the things we want in life in the material, physical world. Uh, it begins in the ethereal. It begins on the internal level. And as for the present, do you live in this? Go ahead. So the symbolism of a pre precipice suggests falling, but, but it is a rising in frequency and consciousness at the same time mm -hmm. and so it's almost like you're getting to 
a next stage, you know, as a collective, things are starting to simmer down from the, you know, sort of volcano eruption of 2020, but that doesn't mean everything just goes back to normal. It's, it's recognizing what was left behind in 2020 and why, and how have I, asking yourself, how have I shifted into a sort of new expression? And what does that mean for me? I think we've all experienced so many shifts in the last 18 months. And sometimes we just really need to sit and think like, what actually did, what did I leave behind and what is anew? And how did everything actually serve me? Instead of being some horrible stuff I went through, it was actually just what I needed. And it's so easy to forget that. And then you're like, wait, oh yeah, this is actually, this benefited me. So you drop out Mm -hmm. the story again, just like Mm -hmm. they said. Yeah, it's like that old fable, you know, I won't say the whole thing, but it's like a farmer's son's leg got hurt and the neighbors were like, oh, how horrible. And then the next day, the army is like, we need your son to go to the army. And he's like, well, he can't, his leg hurts. And the neighbor's like, oh, amazing. And the response of the dad is always like, yeah, I guess so. Like non-attached, you know, just things happen flow with the life there's always a a reason you know there really are no mistakes just sometimes it takes a couple years to reflect back and be like okay yeah that was meant to be yeah there is this fear sometimes of like am I spiritually failing and like Mm. I don't think so Mm. but yeah yeah and it's such an interesting concept too because again it's just the mindset you can't really fail at your spiritual practice as long as you you know within reason it's not about efforting or forcing but as long as you're tending to your spirituality in a way that feels healthy and good for you and just coming back to that awareness of like who am I from the person I was yesterday you know compared to even last year and just really really diving into that awareness And just being grateful and appreciative towards yourself. Like, mm-hmm. be your own cheerleader for a change. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, like, I'm the greatest. Yeah, because that's kind of like, that's actually based on this idea that you need to prove it because you don't mm-hmm. know you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 I love that. It's, it's coming back to this idea. It's like, you are who you are. Like every single aspect of your being is so valuable and so important. Even the dark shadowy stuff. It, it's like, don't, uh, what is it? What are they saying? They were just saying something good. And then I was like talking. They're like, don't sacrifice your authentic uh, state in the present moment for the sake of being high vibrational or high frequency. I think a lot of people are like, am I being 5d enough? Or am I, I mean, which is such a weird statement in itself, but <laughs> am I honor if, yes, yes, yes. But it's like, if you're feeling dark and shadowy, like get into that, like I'll even, you know, if my partner comes home and we do this 
anything or it's like if you can tell something's going on with the other it's like are you mad I'll be like no I'm like are you sad and he's like yeah I'm like okay cool it's like just to you know it's like again talking to children there he'll ask me like are you mad and I'm like yeah I feel like really feel moody and kind of like like I just like kind of murdery you know what I mean like joking around <laughs> obviously but I'm like just something about me feels so like ugh. but honoring that I'm not going to be like no I'm like feeling great today guys like going on Instagram and like you know, falsifying my emotions. It's like honoring that. The authentic self. I mean, if stuff's coming up, you feel rougher, but that's, it's actually just as it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And it's you, you are your authentic self in every moment, as long as you're honoring that that is showing up in that moment like some people think oh if I'm being sad I'm not being authentic and it's like well if you're sad like own it that's authentically who you are in this moment and that's okay it's okay to be sad is that is it the emotion who we are or is the emotions just something that's like an energy flowing through us oh definitely an energy flowing through us it, I forget. It's like, is it, does the emotion come first and the thought about the thing, or is it the thought about the thing creates the emotion? I think the belief comes first. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Cause then it's like, <clears throat> I might have a different belief with something creating a different emotion than to you. So they're definitely just little keys into our spectrum of, of arcs or experience. You know, humans were really lucky and sometimes we feel like this is unfortunate, especially when you're on one end of the um, spectrum, but we have like this wide array of emotions where it's like white and black and then like thousands of little gray panels in between where maybe a Palladian, a Nordic Palladian might have like only five gray of different emotions. It's a smaller spectrum they're living in a fifth dimensional reality and that's how it's meant to be but they that's sometimes emotion. envy us when we you know we have this hmm? so what's the difference between emotion and feeling feelings well, yeah i guess it just depends how you're you know it's like are you using the sentence like i have a feeling something bad's gonna happen and that's your intention but you hurt my feelings would be you hurt my feelings meaning like i feel sad about this or i feel bad about this so does it mean that in 5d there's less emotions there's less types of emotions or is it just the palladians are just a different species they wouldn't feel they wouldn't have the experience of anger the way you and i do Lucky they them, are yeah but then also we it's like you know, think, think about, okay, this is not to say we're like children, but have you ever seen a child, like a toddler be so happy about like a banana? Like they're just so filled with joy, you know? So we have that experience because everything is uh, expressed through polarity. So passion. if we have, yeah. So they we have this. And they wish that they, they'll be like, that would be nice. Yeah. So they feel like, an, they feel a pure form they feel like the love as in 
divine God love on like a more even scale, but we get to feel that like joy when we like, I don't know, see our burrito coming, you know, and they're like, oh, that's so interesting. But on the, but for us, we also have the opposite, opposite scale of that emotion, you know, polarity, duality. So just how I said, like the child, they feel like so excited over this, the simplest thing, which we're like, can I have that, you know, have that experience again, but then you will see the child have a complete temper tantrum. And so there's less, um, ebb and flow with emotion. And yes, there's, and there's um, a smaller scale. So it they has duality, like, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's just, and for them, they'll have disagreements. People think fifth minute is just like paradise where everyone's just like hugging and in love. And it's like, they'll have disagreements, but they just don't, you know, go to war over it. They might, it, literally, it's kind of like a joke. They might be like, I disagree with you. Okay. And then they just move on with their life. Because you know? they're, like Eckhart Tolle, I guess, it's kind of like, they might not have that intense joy so much, but they don't have those negative emotions as well. So they haven't got that separation. Mm-hmm. So they exactly. get it. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, people sometimes ask, it's like, well, then what do they do with their lives all day? And I'm like, they're just dealing with, you know, higher, you know, it's not about hierarchy, but they're dealing with higher levels of this universal experience. You know, it's like, I can't really even put it into words because they show me stuff. I'm like, I just see light blobs. Like, I don't know what that is, but so for them, it's just, they're just working in a different realm within this universal expression. We're in the 3d realm. We're like, let's, let's figure this out. You know, I've got a question. I've been wondering this for a while <clears throat> because I have a sense that there's more than one uh, Nordic uh, extraterrestrial plus of extraterrestrial. Um, mm-hmm. Could you clarify about that? Uh, we have to remember that when we look at the star system Pleiades, that is just what the native, I think it's, I can't, the Lakota tribe were visited by the Pleiadians and they just kind of directed them in that general area. But it's actually, if you were to zoom in on the Pleiades, it's like there's thousands of stars and planets. And so a lot of different species can be quote unquote Pleiadian, but there are, it's sort of like how, you know, Americans go to Mexico more often than other people on earth because it's closer. So it's like, we get more of those right. Nordic Pleiadians cause like they help with our seeding and all of that. But yeah, I'd say there are definitely more humanoids that live in the universe that would have that Nordic look as well. They might just not work with Earth directly. So when it comes to them being called Nordic and them looking a bit like Scandinavians, does that is there more of a genetic link that the Scandinavians have with the Palladians than other uh, seedings? Um, yes and no. I don't really know the actual timeline history, but we were all seeded by a group of so Pleiadians and Syrians. I'm trying to think who else they showed me at one time, and I can't really remember. I can't even just think of the names, but Lyrans. I think the Arcturians help it in a different way. So yeah, I, I don't know why there's clustered in Norway, but uh, you know, like I kind of have that 
sort of Nordic look as well. So you can find it elsewhere, but I'm not sure why there is a cluster. I think too, if you actually, now I know why. So we have to think about um, uh, Homo sapiens and their migrating patterns. So a lot of the first humans were on Africa and then also sort of Europe. So it has to kind of do with that, just our actual geography of the planet. Right. Yeah. Is your internet okay? Here you go. Me? Oh, right. No, we're good. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, I don't know what to ask right now. <laughs> so, since I don't know, um, any more um can you hear me yeah i just can't see you let's just continue it'll be fine oh right here yeah, we're good we're good okay cool yeah tony technology my goodness <sighs> um so yeah it would have to do with the migration patterns were probably those with that DNA kind of were just stuck there for a while until they slowly started migrating and mixing with other homo, homo sapiens and other forms of humans. Huh. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so if, I'm not, if I don't know what to ask, I'm not going to force a question yeah. so yeah i'm i'm, I'm cruising. as for your um your guides or your athala or anyone else come through uh, um they're welcome to because I, I i really that's one that's something i really enjoy about talking to you just mm -hmm. just i guess well, why don't you ask something life. personal about you no i'll ask you about you and we'll see what they oh, have okay. to say So they want to know, they just hopped in, have you tried communicating with the Pleiadians yet? I think maybe very briefly, and I don't know if I, not, not properly. I don't know why, but I seem to be more interested in the Arcturians, but I mean, I just definitely try it. I mean, in a way, it's more relatable since they look so human. Mm. It's it's all the same. It's more like it's not that you can't talk to the Arcturians. Syrians want to come through, too. I would say you have what a really mean? strong. Yeah. <laughs> Syrian. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, for some reason, the Palladians were coming through and they're just like, we're ready. And it's kind of like you know, you receive the information that's meant for you in the present moment. And so you can talk to all of them, but they they came through pretty okay. hard. I want to ask my agents a question. I just don't know what. So, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I could be a little bit vulnerable. So what does it mean if just before you're about to go to sleep, you hear a voice, like actual sound in your head? 
Mm-hmm. I get that all the time. It used, I, I've gotten that since I was a child. Do they say your name or like just you hear? Uh, different things. Uh, sometimes so, go ahead. Like, sometimes it's been like, actually, I've had sleep paralysis where I've been talked to. I saw something else on my window, maybe. <laughs> Uh, with sleep paralysis also just when I'm about to go to sleep like um well which recently I'd like giggling one time and then sometimes it's mm-hmm. almost a little bit scary mm-hmm. but other times it's kind of like friendly but it's just like I did get a little bit annoyed but it's just kind of like I just want to get to sleep but and then it like shocks um, you I'm, a little bit yeah but I'm getting used to that I guess because and also part of you wonders like, am I crazy, <laughs> or mm-hmm. am I in danger? You know, it's just like that. But um, what sort of um? So there's a couple of things from my experience. It's going it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. It, it just you'll kind of know what it is for you. One, it's that your ethereal body. So you're like energy self is getting ready to travel astral travel. So it's already sort of started separating. And so it might be, you know, if you hear your name, it might be whoever you're meeting in the astral plane being like, Oh, Hey Nick, you know, or like you're almost tapping into that conversation, but just a part of it. Um, and then another one, it could be is your guides getting ready to speak to you while you sleep. And so since you're in the half awake, you're just, more aware or hearing them. Uh, You can set boundaries with this because I felt it was really annoying where I'm like just about to fall asleep and I hear my name and it like startles me because I'm like, it sounds real. You know, it's not like in your mind. It's like you can hear it where I'm just like, hey guys, these are my office hours. Like if you want to talk to me, just wait till I'm actually asleep. Like sometimes they get excited, you know, to talk to the astral self, so to speak. So just set office hours, be like, or boundaries like this isn't cool i know you guys mean well but i'm a human and i need sleep did they feel like you you you've got this when it comes to answering the question what do you mean like you answered the question i, I didn't get more i didn't seem to get a channeled response and it's fine oh, I just... y- yeah because i'm speaking from my personal experience but right. of what they've showed me it's kind of like it, there's no like one puzzle piece solution to this, to a lot of the things we experience psychically. So. Hmm. No, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I've gone blank. I don't know what to ask, but uh, kind of anything that I'd like to, to share. Yeah. Kind of what they're saying about that is, let me, let me think one sec not think, but. And so, so they're kind of getting, they're kind of loving because like that is something we all in your mind or you can hear it outside sort of like hearing voices. And so they always find it funny when like we do have these experiences that are more of a higher expression of ourselves. But then we're like, no, we don't like it. They're like, okay, then what do you want? 
that we do. It is, but it would be kind you of to be. I, yeah, yeah. no, I know. That's what the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. But even like when I did, I've told you this before, but when I did see like a light uh, alien being, I was like terrified. And they're like, but you literally just asked to see it. And I was like, <laughs> I just, I, I'm like, it's still scary. <laughs> yeah, we want to, but <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. It's still the, the human mind is, is so connected to earth. That's what it is where we're like, and we're raised on like ghost stories and, you know, fairy tales. So it's like, doesn't seem real when it does happen. And maybe that's, maybe there's this idea that they want us to be afraid so that if there is some kind of connection, we'll deal, we'll react in a fearful way, or maybe it will be, a connection on a fearful basis. Um, I've got a question. I wouldn't. Real quick, I wouldn't say they. I, I would say they wouldn't want us to be scared. They just find it funny. Oh, not when, them. No, I mean like dark agendas and stuff. From oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't being specific. Of course, they wouldn't oh. want us to be afraid. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, could they? Give clarity about where's the line between oh man I forgot what I was asking the, the line between um when it comes to things like conspiracy theories and stuff where where's what's healthy what isn't it is um, the line yeah it's what they're kind of saying, what they're kind of showing me, it's like we are in this age where there is truth to some of those notions, but it's almost like they're showing me the game telephone where, you know, it gets watered down or the truth becomes um, diverted or someone takes a hold of the truth and then uses it and bends it to create power within themselves. And this is on both sides. So people who are it's kind of, I feel like with conspiracy theories, it's like we trust the people that are fighting against the, the higher officials, but we have to realize too, there are people on the quote unquote, what we have perceived good side that are also distorting the truth to bend to their power. And so okay. it's happening on both sides. I've got another question. Oh, this is something I've been dealing with recently. I've seen it in the spiritual community where you you get seem to get some people they're talking about false light and they seem to be pointing here and there and everywhere at false light and mm -hmm. it kind of gives you bad vibes and mm -hmm. like I, I get that there is such a thing as false light and that there's mm -hmm. on, but like what's a healthy attitude to have about that and it's like, it's so funny you brought this up. So to me, a really good spiritual teacher is someone who will share their experiences and then tell you or remind you time and time again, but don't listen to me, go look for yourself or have your own experiences. This is just mine. And so when we find those people that are, you know, in the spiritual community, so to speak, but they're like spreading fear and they're telling you, like I've had clients where they're like, oh, this person told me to never astral travel because my soul will be taken over and like they could kill me in the physical. Like a client actually told me this. And I'm like, why are you listening to this person? Like, just don't follow them. And they're like, oh my God, I'm just not going to follow them anymore. I'm like, 
there you go. You know, so it's like, we don't realize our power of, um, we look externally, you know, like we really love to have people tell us what to do. We see it on Instagram where, um, all people I follow, they're like, get these messages of like, share your thoughts on whatever's happening in the global, you know, kind of community. And they're like, why are you asking me form your own opinion? So I think that's really important with everything going on in the world before you start researching or listening to others, get very clear on your own opinion of things, be open to other people's adverse opinions. If, you know, if you're triggered by someone having a different opinion than you, then like there's some work to be done there. And if someone's like spreading fear, just don't listen to them. Cause that's not cool. Even if they're yeah. like a 5d teacher, blah, blah. It's like, that's, that to me is false light in itself. Yeah. Although we might get in the same trap if we were like, they're false light. Cause they're talking about false light. <laughs> no, totally. But you know, like to if they're like talking yeah. about all these things, I like to me, I'd be like, Ooh, that's kind of weird. You know, like, I know a lot of different channels who they share really intense information, so to speak, about what's happening collectively. But I love certain individuals because they're always like, but still have your own opinion. Like, this is just what I've been shown. And it's going through their mind, their perspective, and then being projected outward. It's like, we have to be aware of that, you know? I have another question. So when I see in my mind's eye, mental models of how things fit together or how or sometimes I have this I don't know eureka of like this idea and I'm like ah oh, and I'm seeing it visually that's um is that is that one of those um abilities like clairsentience clairaudience or one of mm -hmm. those yeah it would seem it would seem you're very clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yeah. So like I don't you think see I've seen the future before though. That's not clair. Now I'm getting confused. Clairvoyant is just seeing imagery in your mind's eye. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's one that's future predictive. Now I feel feel confused about it, but maybe there's confusion about the concept. Well, I think to client like clairvoyancy in historical contents is um, combined with predicting the future. That's how right, um, yeah. psychics would kind of, you know, maybe like fake psychics would be like, I'm going to tell you your future because that's what we want to know, you know? Do you really want to know that though? And is there no. such a thing as a fixed future? That's the thing. There's loads of time. Definitely lines. not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, oh, you know, it's so funny, it's like clairvoyant, let me, I'll have to look up the clairs, but yeah, clairvoyants are a person who claims to have supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. Yeah, that's so weird that that's like what it's, because to me, it's oh, like, I'm not. Oh, I've already got taught. another question. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> about the fact that I'm starting this little project for myself. Uh, collating the date, the evidence mm -hmm. to make a case for like in quantum physics for spirituality. And do any of the um, beings you connect with want to give me any clues? What's the question? You kind of cut out for a sec. Do they? Do any of them? Would any of them like to give me any clues about 
better look in terms of the evidence in quantum physics for proving spirituality yeah and also secondly is this like some egoic thing of me wanting to prove it or was it just me wanting to serve was it both sorry that's like three questions <laughs> to me so what they're saying that's your syrian um self that's inter interested in quantum physics because the syrians notoriously have um like albert einstein was a syrian nikola tesla i think was a serious um star being as well the because I've asked about this too. It's sort of like we really want the, what is it, to know the meaning of everything. What they showed me, and this isn't to get you down, but um, this is probably for you, a good opportunity for you to start connecting to the Pleiadians because how I translate stuff won't be the same as you. But they, they've showed me in the next 50 to 100 years we will be closer to a theory of everything. It just won't look like what we think it will look like. <laughs> um, okay, so. And a major thing too, they're kind of saying already within the field of quantum physics and quantum theory, uh, a majority of it already does support spiritual not experiences what do they want to say spiritual i don't know just like this section of spirituality what you can do is make those connections even if there's no proof because it's called quantum theory <laughs> that's true it's just it's just that it's like those as those implications or ramifications of rest of the work and when I, when I look at theory I've been looking into, seems to, it, it just looks at the Copenhagen interpretation and actually treats it like an actual description of reality and not just as a set of formulas to play with. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think we need evidence necessarily, but I still like science, obviously. Yeah, and that's um, so I think that's what like how would it feel for you to just talk about those two things as if they are siblings, as if they're completely and one hundred percent related, because there are so many people out in the world who think the same way you and I think. Hmm. But there's not enough like for me, if I wanna for me most often I will get a like I, I haven't read anything as far as quantum mechanics or anything like that in like a year actually. But what I used to do is I'd have this idea of something and I'm like, is that, does that already exist? And so then I would kind of look up and they're like, oh, okay. And so then to me, I'm like, oh, that relates to this and like the ethereal, you know, and I would talk about it a little bit. And even though, I mean, YouTubers hated me, they were like, thought I was like the antichrist because I was talking about like quantum mechanics in relation to spirituality. But for me, I'm like, in my mind, it makes sense. I don't know how to create formulas for it or anything like that. But if you just you did that, you for it? Sorry, just, I would get YouTubers? just no, like if I tagged quantum, like hashtag quantum theory, then I would get YouTubers who wouldn't even watch the video. They'd be like, there's only a couple of them, but they hate it. They're like, what you're doing is a disservice to science. And I'm like, okay, dude, calm down. 
but there's not enough of that. There's not enough material that combines those two. Well, so it sounds like in that case, my project seems like it is a good idea. Like just get, you know, Albert Einstein was awesome because he, he hardly ever had any proof. He just was like, I have this funny feeling, so I'm just going to work backwards. And he like created chaos, you know, basically. Yeah. That said though, he was actually kind of maybe like a gatekeeper for um, physicalism or materialism at a certain point at a time mm-hmm. when there was von Neumann and others who were actually or Niels Bohr, who were more overtly talking about the mystical side of it. Uh, but of course, I won't get too much into it right now because uh, yeah. I've done videos about it and I've got more, and I, I've got like yeah. summary stuff and that other things coming. But yeah, um, you know, I would just really like to, in some way in this episode, just connect to... I'll get more messages from your the beings you talk to because I, I really and I love it. It's really yeah. interesting. I won't be able to fully trance channel just because I wasn't able to prepare, but um, I can tap in for sure if you have like any questions. They they kind of they're telling me they kind of already shared their message that they wanted to come through of just ki- kind of keep going down the path. Real quick though, clairvoyance. So I don't. It's like in a media type way, it's con- it's connected to future predicting, but it's really just clear seeing. So it's mm-hmm. um, sometimes people do get quick visions from past, present and future, but I see it as like clear seeing, like I see very clearly in my mind's eye. Yeah. So if you receive yeah, imagery, like yeah, if you receive imagery really easily, then you're clairvoyant or clear seeing. <clears throat> you know i feel like if i don't have a question it's okay it's just i'm excited about this whole thing mm-hmm. and um it's so is it am i ready to start they're like you already have there's just with channel what was that am i ready to start really delving into channeling again yeah you've been ready for a while you just haven't been doing it because I've been scared yeah you've been uh it's been it's almost like they find it so funny they're like how are humans scared of their own success but coming into a certain frame of new power feels overwhelming it feels overwhelming because of the uncertainty in the mind again is really attached to knowing and to certainty and so when you can come into this place of this is just who I am. This is who I'm meant to be. And I'm going to own my gifts because you're doing a disservice to us, to the rest of the world by holding back on these gifts. Do you understand? I do. Yes. And so for you, this project involving the science, the, the co-creation of science and spirituality will greatly benefit the world and sort of what they've said is, you know, next 50 to a hundred years, the blending of science and spirituality will be second nature, but has to start somewhere. So what if it started with you? Oh, I know. Thank you. 
You're welcome. <clears throat> I, I, I kind of sensed, yeah, it wasn't just you, I obviously, <laughs> I could sense that. It's like the, it's the, when their energy goes, so that's like more conscious channeling. So it's like, I'm hearing what they're saying. And then it's like, I just speak it really fast. Right. It's so like you, how do you hear it? So do you actually hear it like a voice or do you translate a vibe or? It's almost, it's almost for conscious channeling for me, it's almost like voice noting. So it's like happens in a split second, but like, it's like they're voice noting into me and then, you know, the words just kind of come out. Okay. What about, <laughs> how do you get yourself in a trance? It's my process is, and I want to figure this out because people always ask me, it's kind of like, I don't really know what I do energetically, but I really, I mean, I'm setting aside the obvious of grounding and clearing and protecting. It's, it's almost like I'm guiding my consciousness to go to sleep. <clears throat> it's like, I'm quieting out all the external while simultaneously quieting the in internal. And it feels like right before they enter that I'm just kind of floating in blackness, not like darkness, not like negative, but just like, I'm like nothing. So I kind of have trained myself to kind of go into that feeling of n divine nothingness. Yeah. Oh, there's something else I could ask about. And it has to do with um, the Merkaba and was it Metatron? I have a book by Meta with Metatron's channel, but I haven't really. It actually, there's some guidance there about how to act, act. How important is it to be regularly, I guess, getting the Merkaba spinning uh, and activated? Um, I don't really like. They haven't shown me too much about the Merkaba except for like. Um interdimensional travel so what have you been shown about the Merkaba is that like what you would think I activate to channel I don't really know um yeah I did hear that it's like a a vehicle I suppose mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I've been shown that that's what the light beings in essence use to interdimensionally travel but I haven't been shown much on like an individual level. I suppose it kind of answers my question in a way that, yeah, I mean, you don't need to use it yet. So I don't need to worry about it. If I feel called to do that, or if anyone feels drawn to yeah. play with a Merkaba, for sure. But it's not like- Now I'm going to look that, into there's it. There's nothing maybe... you have to do, is there? Yeah. So, and there's different levels for channeling. So, you know, the channeled entity raw. Yeah. So for raw to come through, it's, I'm going to call him a heat. He was very clear. He was like you, it's the woman who channels him. And then he's like, there needs to be two other humans to hold the yeah. frequency, but she's deeply, deeply trans channeling. And so to me, I feel like there's a light medium and deep I've only gotten to. And so as raw puts it, and I agree, it's like, 
You don't want to do that deep, deep trance channeling. And it's not like somebody you can just sit down and do it's the light being helps you do it. Um, I would say in my sessions, I mostly do light chant, uh, light trance. So I'm like there, but I can come back to really quickly and it doesn't affect my physical body as much. So it works really well for me where the woman that channel channels raw needs a little more recovery time. Same results, but I mean, if I went into deep channeling, it would be 100% their consciousness, not filtered through my consciousness. So like when they, when I'm channeling, they'll use words that I know, you know, like my, um, my like Chelsea vocabulary. Right. There's another sort of channeling of scene though, where it's like they're possessed by the being, but in a friendly way, like um the youtube channel crimson circle they have um mm. what's it saint germain is channeled and it's just saint germain walking around talking with this mm-hmm. guy and and it's that's the same with um abraham hicks with their yeah. their eyes are open and then i've seen this woman her name is nora she'll channel with her eyes open and she's able to go back and forth so she'll it'll be like me like being like this is chelsea and then i'll talk and then they'll be like this is the pleiadian so they go back and forth because sometimes nora wants to share her point of view sometimes the pleiadians like ventriloquism but it's real yeah it was it was crazy looking like she just looked normal but she was super happy and like you could feel her energy through the video but i mean there's you know when people ask me how to channel like there are so many different ways people do it like elizabeth april she just as herself and they kind of just talk through her, but not full trance. It's almost like conscious, but way more flowy. And so she's like, oh, I'm just going to talk, but it's them talking and so, talking. Okay. So there's a way of doing a light channeling where you get good at it to the point where it's just, you don't go into channeling, you bring channeling into you. You make it a regular thing where it's like, yeah the difference really because we've got this idea of channeling Mm -hmm. such a big deal right but Mm -hmm. i'm sure to the palladians for them to channel with assyrian or something wouldn't mean much at all it would just be Mm -hmm. like we just connect and you talk yeah well they they do that with telepathy and so for me when i was working with my guides i was like i really want a deep trance channel because then I'm completely out of the way and it's really cool and it's like and they're like it's not the highest form there's no hierarchy they rather me and so that's why I started doing it more me talk and then them kind of come through because they see me as an expression of light so if I'm putting it on them like oh it's more special if only you talk and not me does that make sense um they're like that's not the purpose. It's like, you're the expression that is sharing the message. Chelsea needs to share her stuff too. It's like you're doing art. Yeah, exactly. And so for them, they're like, you don't need to deep channel. Um, and there'll be less people doing that as it's like, we're all morphing into like this one conglomerate thing, you know? Yeah. What about if like, I have a concern where I don't want my ego to get involved because I know that you could say corrupts or like distorts it. And like, or like, what if you've got like an intrusive thoughts? What do you do if you feel like there's some degree of egoic thought involvement with what the message is? 
I mean, that's been hard where in client sessions, if maybe, and sometimes it's my client's energy, not to put the blame on them, but it's like hard to connect deeply because they're blocking it. And so then I can feel where my mind's coming in and wanting to control the experience, meaning, oh, we can't say that that might hurt their feelings. Um, they, the light beings just come in and they kind of are like, you can let go, go ahead, surrender, like go back down. And so they might say one moment, she needs a second because she's trying to come up and control. <laughs> they like call me out. And then, and I really just, it's a practice of just, it's like, I don't need, I can be completely out of control. It's like, I can just be in the back of the car taking a nap, so to speak, you know, but it's a practice. Like I'm not needed. The ego's not needed. My uh, opinion, not that my opinion's not needed, but it's not about me. It's about me being the expression through which the message is shared. Right. So it's not about what you think. You can tap into the feelings, but not. Yeah. I guess it's just one of these things to play with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to look so different. And I mean, for each person and for me too, this last year of channeling, like serious and openly being a channel, I've had to really learn like how it shows up for me and own that. And so that's like, for me, I don't follow any people that channel. I don't watch any videos. I don't read any books as much as I freaking would love. Like, I really want to read the, the raw books, but it's like, I could be receiving that information myself. And I used to be really embarrassed because when I channel, I kind of sway and I like rub my legs, but it's because like the energies, like it, my hands, I think if I didn't like, I know it sounds weird, but rub my like legs, my hands would be like up here by my shoulders, kind of like claws, like doing weird things. And I just, the ego's not ready to own that. So I'm like, okay, huh. we're just going to like move. Cause it's too much energy. Like I've seen light language and people move their hands when they do it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just not down with it yet. Not light language, just in general, my body do it's, it's taking me a long time to just get used to be in front of my clients, like rocking back and forth, you know? So it looks I mean, pretty they're coming weird. to you for exactly that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just the energy moving through me. It's not so much, I yeah. don't know if it's light language, but it just feels like they would be like, <laughs> like this. And I'm just like, yeah, I just feel like <laughs> I'm just not there yet, but it is something I need. And maybe I'd be able to go deeper if I just allowed it. But again, I'm human and it's not a race. It's just one step at a time. Well then, um, I feel like we might draw it to close soon, but if there's any other being such as Athala, if they want to come through before in any way, you know, before we bring it to close, I'm let me gonna, see I, if they have I'll try one to think of a thing. question. Yeah, you know, they're feeling pretty content as far as like the messages you were meant to receive today and the collective as well they have messages for me but <laughs> now that because I actually haven't connected to them in a couple of weeks because I was launching a, a new project and service so but yeah just it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this year unfolds one more question mm -hmm. how 
easy is it to, in some astral sense, go into that ship like you did? For me now, really easy. I can do it. Like I, I'm, I can do for it right now. For someone else. Oh, for someone else? I, it just depends. I mean, there's so many variables. Do you trust how your gifts show up? Do you even know how your gifts show up? Meaning, do you know that if you're clairvoyant or do you feel? Um, have you set boundaries? And like, are you actually ready for that experience? How do you set boundaries? I always command that the experience be in complete service of unconditional love. And, you know, I might say a couple other things like being complete resonance with my self-sovereignty and I ground into the earth and I ground into the collective grid. And then when I am faced, so when I'm in the ship and and this, you know, just to say not everyone's going to have an experience in, in a ship, so to speak. But um, when I'm greeted with Arthalia, I always ask her if she serves love or Christ consciousness um, to make sure she's not like a false being trying to trick me because they can't lie. So if you ask, do you serve love? Are you in complete service of unconditional love? Arthalia is like, yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's let's boogie. I've never had them say no. I've had other spirit guides say no, where I'm like, okay, then you need to leave. So false entities are dark energy. They, they won't lie because they don't want to polarize themselves. So if they lie, our words are like, um, casting spells, it's, uh, creating intention. So if they say, yes, I do serve love, even though they're lying, it will polarize them closer to love, which they don't want. Huh? That to me is foolproof. And I just don't worry about it. I mean, it's like, I've had a little bit of psychic attacks where if they keep coming back or if it's an intrusive thought, like I'll just make them have a tea party and like embarrass them, you know? And most of them are just- <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it's like, they, oh my get, God, really, that's great. they get really um... annoyed. They're just like, okay, I'm out of here. Um, they are meant to leave. Like if you can tell it's a darker energy that like you do ask them to leave, but- it, and then I might just stop and clear my energy and take a break. But I just see it as like, have you ever walked down the street and maybe there's a homeless person that, or like a person on drugs and they kind of like yell at you. It's like, yeah, it's more, a lot of them are like that where they don't know what they're doing. They're just on the dark side. They just need to be taken to light. Not that that's anyone's like, you don't have to do that personally, but yeah, they're not all like murderers walking down the street so to speak that phrase to give them they know but not what they do yeah kind of like that so it's easy for me I've never and I know people have had more serious issues with darker energies I just don't read those stories I don't allow my mind because the mind it, it will create the intrusive thoughts which could bring down your energy so well how do you know if you're second guessing yourself or if it actually is an act of being you know one entity was a reptilian who maybe about a million years ago was like not a good guy and has slowly come closer to the light where on an energetic level, he and I were the same frequency. Does that make sense? So it's like, right. I'm, I consider myself a good person. I'm not going to murder someone, but I have hurt people emotionally in the past. Yeah. And 
he showed up in a light form and Orthalia was there. And I was like, I just don't trust this person or this individual. I'm going to ask them to leave. And it was kind of part of my training where Orthalia was like, he came forward as a reptilian later, but um, there are benevolent reptilians. And she was telling me what you were feeling was his entire spectrum of existence. So that's why I was confused. I was like, he feels good, but he also feels bad. And I'm confused. And she's like, just own it. And so I just did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask you to leave. And he did. I ended up chatting with him later about the experience because it was a lesson for him as well. We're all each other's mirrors, you know? Yeah. But yeah. just own it. Like if you don't trust something or someone, it's like, even if they're showing up as your mom or guardian angel, it's your sovereignty. That's more important. They won't care. And you like can if always I do them, another channel, right? It's, yeah. It's, like if I told her to, to go, go away, a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I told Orthalia to go away, she wouldn't care. I mean, that's like, she'd just be like, all right, that's what, you, you know what I mean? They're not attached mm. how we are. So. All right. Um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. I, yeah, good times. I found myself like letting myself not have too many expectations. And I think that helps. Just chilling. Yeah, it was nice. So anyway, listen, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. So um thanks so much. Um, yeah. So uh without further ado, have a nice day. And uh bye for now.